Well, it's a dynamic duo, we'll be back again. Nothing back with DJ, you better pack it in. You're lacking sense, trying to tangle with us. Scoop of a big black booty's in the back of the bus to smack you. You're stealing your lunch, money to search. You're ready to feel like just a touch. Only by the end of the day, that's understandable. What can I say? You got strong man to be. Mind, mind, Hello. Hello. Oh my god. Yes. Shit. Press record before something else happens. What did you do? What didn't you plug in? I, what didn't you plug well, in? What did? What is different? Why are we having this probable? conversation now? Why are we able to have this conversation now and not half an hour ago? I I I have no idea. I literally have no idea why. I've gone back to how I started. <laughs> but it was working when we started. <laughs> yeah, no, and then it just went. Bleh. Literally, things just started flashing on the screen red, like pop-ups. Bang, 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 bang. And, yeah, nothing. So, fun times. Stop having fucking Pornhub open in the in the background. You won't have a problem. How else am I going to enjoy this podcast? <laughs> it wasn't half an hour. It was only 15 yeah. minutes. That's all right. We're here now. So, shall we, um, shall we start the Balls Podcast Hall of Fame? How do you get in it and is getting in it a good thing? It depends. Is it, is it what 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 are you suggesting that in terms of reference for the Hall of Fame? Is it is a hall that anyone can get into, like the Basketball Hall of Fame, or is it a? Well, considering our our guest list slash host list, it'd be pretty short anyway. Like we'd have to stretch it out to one a year just to make it last a couple of years. I, th- I think you're the shortest of all our hosts, aren't you? Possibly. It's all that handstanding. It's shortening your it's, spine. Yeah, that's right. It's compressing me dead. Balls podcast episode three seven eight ish. I don't know why we keep count. It's just something to do. Up the tillies. Yeah, yeah. That's that's gonna be that's gonna be the boys' first um, big atmosphere sporting game. They've been to a bit of like local sport, but I can imagine that's gonna have a really interesting atmosphere compared to, you know, it's not gonna be like so. Uh, not to bury the lead, uh, Bezo has tickets for him and and his eldest to go to the Matildas round of sixteen quarterfinal. No quarterfinal. Quarterfinal. We're up to. Because they yep. blaze through the round of sixteen. That those two wins, six goals, none conceded in their last uh, in their last two games. They just suddenly remembered how to play football. Obviously, our, our stop Tony campaign worked. It hasn't resulted in any of us ending up <laughs> masturbating on meth on a street corner. Well, not for this reason. People who weren't around I, in twenty twelve are not going to get that reference. They're just going to think I'm being <laughs> deliberately weird, which is probably also true. I- I can I can feel my, myself getting sucked into the the tactical. You can film yourself getting sucked. S- what? <laughs> it, it, it is the, stop the tactical. Na- <laughs> the tactical nature of of football because I was trying to think of another. Sp- uh, not if you watch international football, you can't because it's usually a shambles. It's definitely not a very particularly pure way of of doing it. No, but there's but there's interesting tactic like with it, I think with any international sport, right? Because you don't really get to build the side. You like Team USA is a perfect example of this, right? The side that they've built this time is like a side 
like the best side they could pull together that is an actual side rather than a whole bunch of superstars and let's figure out how to make them play together later. Yeah, I don't know about um, that. I, I don't think so because there aren't any superstars they didn't pick. I think it's just that they are in that Warriors two timelines issue where they've still got the old guard like Morgan and Rapino and, and that generation and they've got the younger generation of Sophia Smith so, and sorry. Rose Lavelle. I, I, I was talking Team USA in the basketball, not Team USA in the, in the, uh, in the football. Okay, why? Well, like b- because we're the, talking the about the Matildas. Yeah, no, no, no. In, in terms of international, indicate like, before you make a manoeuvre. Um, in terms of like the style of international side that you can have. Yeah, I think that's true um, of, the, of Team USA. That's absolutely true. They haven't brought, they haven't got their best stars. They've got um, not they've got haven't got Mister Right. They've got Mister Right now. They've got the guys who are willing to put their hand up and actually turn up to play for a non Olympics year Team USA. Yeah, except they pick guys like Austin Reeves instead of Trey Young. But that's because Trey Young shat the bed last time he was there and everyone thought he was a complete flog, so they don't want to pick him again. That and yeah. or, if you believe Gilbert Arenas, it's a Nike versus Adidas thing. Yeah, but who, who listens to Gilbert Arenas? Apparently he's a good podcast. Um, but having said that, there are Adidas guys on that fucking team. So I think it's yeah. just more that he last yeah, time he was there, he made a complete cock of himself. And, uh, and they're like, yeah, you know, it's a little bit like, uh, I can see a headline on ESPN right now, which is a uh, Ogden and Ulich interview with Brian Gorgian saying, I'm not going to be begging Ben Simmons to come back. If he wants to come back, it'll be on our terms kind of thing. Well, they, they sort of don't need him at the moment. Well, the argument is, I mean, currently, he wouldn't make the team because he gets picked on form and being an NBA player doesn't get you in the team. Technically, Matthew Della Dover is an NBA player and he didn't make the team. So, uh, yeah, yeah, point made. I, I think... Four or five years ago, like the roster gets so thin at ten on that they would have begged him to come and you yeah. know, give give minutes, but they don't really. You know, the, the last guys on that roster are not going to be seeing much playing time. I don't think they'll be. They still haven't made the last cuts, have they? No, I think they're waiting on um, a couple of guys. Have got like niggles. minor minor niggles. So, yeah. but yeah, it's it's sort of the side that we probably should have taken to the Olympics a year and a half too late. Well. <sighs> Um, yeah, build a team around Giddy rather than building a team around whatever they'll be. It was it was a good sign, but I think uh, you know. Yeah, no one's going to remember the, the fucking COVID Olympics. You know, in a year's time. So and Giddy's had another couple of years of development. In him. I mean, that's that's been Giddy in in Tokyo. It's yeah, not that, Giddy in Paris. I assume they're playing. Um, the, yeah, I assume they're playing the basketball in Paris because these this French Olympics they seem to be playing the events all around the place. The fucking the surfing's in fucking Tahiti, which is not that <laughs> close to the Arc de Triomphe. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> it's the the well, colonizer Olympics. I guess there's, I guess there's not much surf on the Riviera. So yeah, that's but there's Bear Ritz. I mean, on their Atlantic coast, they have fucking proper surf there. It's just a little bit chilly. Yeah. Well, climate change the way it's going, it might not be by the French. No. By the time the Paris Olympics come around, it might be yeah. might be quite nice. Um, yeah. The the thing that fascinated me about that, and, and I know this is like you're going to laugh at me and go, "You're a complete newbie," but you do that anyway, so I'm not. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> you're a complete newbie. What are we talking about? Was the fact that football has? Are we talking about football now, not basketball? The unique, um, I don't know whether you call it ability, but trademark of not having to have all the possession to win a game. In fact, sometimes having all the possession sort of can be counterproductive. And there's lots of different reasons to have possession. Sometimes you have possession to avoid losing the game. Sometimes you have possession to yeah. avoid letting your opposition get into the game. 
there's offensive possession and defensive possession and letting the opposition have pointless possession in their own half and, and you know, anywhere except for your third is, is actually a really good way of, of wasting out a game when you don't actually have the talent to win it. Because like Denmark didn't look like that. They looked like when they did have possession, they were dangerous, right? When they got into that, when they got over halfway, they had some really skillful players that could beat you one-on-one. And the Matildas just went, well, we know that that's going to happen, but we, we're going to back ourselves to just compress it in that last little bit before the goalkeeper and, you know, not give away any penalties and not give away too many corners and give them set pieces. And, you know, our our legs will start to come in at the longer we can hold out. And Denmark are like, we have to score in the first 25 or or we're not going to have the legs to run this game out. Like, that's, I, I don't know, I, I might be just projecting into that because of how I think, but it just looked like Denmark were furiously knowing that they had to score early to to take that calmness away from the Matildas. And when they didn't, you could feel the, the scale start to tip the other way and, and some of those runs, you know, the runs seemed to get deeper and deeper, you know, those counter-attacking runs seemed to get deeper and deeper and then the and then the dam breaks. Um, it would have been interesting to see what the tactics were if Denmark did score and go 1-0 up, whether they would then sort of hold back a little bit more and just try and keep the keep that possession around the midfield oh. where they had more skill. Well, they would have um, – Denmark would have rolled out a low block to try and defend the lead and Australia would have rolled out um, Sam Kerr and said, go mm. at some. But um, Caitlin Ford was having a fucking picnic down the left. Oh, mate. One of the most awesome individual sporting efforts that – like, just – for, for me, just pure enjoyment to watch. No hang-ups about this side being arrogant mm. or being, a, you know, just pure enjoyment about seeing someone really good at their craft having an absolute blind. Yeah, there was a run she made, and I couldn't remember, couldn't remember whether it was in the um, was it the Denmark game or the um, or the game before the the four 0 She made a run, and it was like twenty eleven Arjen Robin shit for Bayern Munich. It was just it was like the whole thing was like you're gonna run there and you're gonna you're kinda dummy inside a dummy inside. And that's the thing about Arjen Robin when he was when he was great. He only had one move. He he would kind of he'd go run up the left and then cut inside. And everybody knew he was gonna do it, but no one could stop him. And Caitlin Ford's run to set up that second goal, I think it was. If I've got my facts wrong, I don't care. It was just, it was just made me think. Jesus Christ, that's good. That was really nice. And and Caitlin Ford gets a gets a little bit less stratospheric press compared to the Sam Kerrs and even the Mary Fowlers of that team. But um, she's fucking talented as hell. The the whole side just seemed really well balanced, and it was interesting seeing the tactics change when Courtney Vine got on because they essentially switched the sides of the field. And ran the same sort of plays, but reversed, yeah. like ran them down the right, and sort of like, wings, yeah. well, now you're going to be able to, you know, because her pace against tired players is a bit scary. Yep. I would, I would imagine that if you were that winger and she came on, you'd go, oh shit, can I have a sub, please? And can be- you put someone that at least hasn't run for sixty-five minutes? And the best player in the world is still sitting on the fucking bench. Yeah. So the Americans got a bit feisty because the one of the Dutch players said they had a, you know, I think it was Berenstein, you know, when they got knocked out, the Dutch said, yeah, they've, they've got a big mouth and they need to shut up. And then, of course, the Dutch went out. And guess what all those big mouths did? They got on the on the Twitter machine and said, or the X machine, and said, yeah, 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 keep your mouth shut until you win something, you fucking clowns. Hold my beer. Uh, so Americans are still Americans no matter what gender and what sport. It's funny how that 
side is like <laughs> ground zero for the culture war. Um, and then someone who has like a legitimate criticism, I think, though I did see it rebuffed really neatly somewhere about, you know, the, the Americans when they made the round of 16 sort of joking and laughing and having a good time and chatting with their fans. And, and I think she was an ex-player and she was like, you know, if I'd barely scraped in, I would have been fuming, you know, I would have been off to the dressing room thinking we've only barely scraped in here. The job's not even started. Yeah, that was Carly Lloyd and, and she has issues with everybody in that team. So there's a lot of bullshit politics in the background there. So you have to kind of take – it'll be a bit like um, – oh, I'm trying to think of a, an equivalent. It'd be like having Justin Lang commentate on the Australian cricket team, but no one would be as, as stupid and as, as – <laughs> Who would do that? Yeah, exactly. That seems I mean, insane. That would be broadcasting malpractice. But, yeah, it's, it's, a bit, it's a bit fraught between Carly Lloyd and her former teammates who remain in the team. But like someone rebuffed is that team, for better or worse, is the – is the sort of, at least up until this World Cup, is the sort of uh, shining light team, you know, it, it was the team sort of thing. So they feel, and I guess all the players sort of feel like they've got to, they've got to promote the sport as much as they possibly can because this is their one big chance to get it out there and, and make an impression. Well, so that team hasn't won um, shit yet because it's a different team. As we've said, the between generations, mm. the Rapino morgan vintage team is, I mean, they're, they'll all probably retire after this tournament and, I mean, they might the Olympics aren't too far away, so they might hang in for one more just because of the way that the Olympics fall. But, shit, they're not going to have a lot left in it. I mean, Alex Morgan got cooked on the reg. Uh, she might have to drop back to being just a, a fucking... A pivot, a, a defensive midfielder, because she's not she's not capable of, of running the way she used to. Well, someone, look, at, look at us cutting this up like we fucking know anything. <laughs> um, I think it was one of the athletic pieces I read. Basically, said she's awesome outside of World Cups and has done very very little scoring wise in in World Cup tournaments. But she's also um, in, in a footballing sense old. It's hard to have blistering pace when you're not. You're not the youngest in the world anymore. There's all these young stars. And I think they do need to kind of hand the keys over. Losing Rose Lavelle, who seemed to be the most creative player they have in this generation, which is odd because Rose Lavelle is whiter than a sheet of photocopying paper. And you think no, no, <laughs> nobody that translucent should be on a football pitch unless they're in Scotland. But she and Sophia Smith and that generation are going to have to carry the Americans through. And hopefully they are never as successful again because, I mean, the, the real context of this World Cup has been said over and over again the rest of the world have caught up and figured out how to play football. And then it's just, do the Americans know how to identify and develop football talent? The answer is no. They know how to identify and develop athletes primarily, and yeah. and that's not going to be good enough. Well, that's that's a that's a sort of very old school NBA way of looking at it, isn't it? You know, give us an athlete and we'll, we'll teach him yeah. how to play basketball. Um, it's interesting. My mate at work was talking about the the Japanese system, and he was saying, you know, they always had this culture of high skill, sort of low athletic ability players, yeah. and almost almost like do- old school European sort of thing. That they, they you don't run, yeah, yeah. You, you you stroke the ball around, and you be, become technically yeah. very good. And of course, they and they so- won. They're the last team to have won a World Cup who wasn't the Americans, weren't they? I think they won the last one. The Americans didn't. Don't fact check me. I can't be bothered. Look, if you're fact-checking this podcast, you really need to examine your life a little bit harder. Um, and then he said, you know, they went right back to their academy system and, and started prioritising fitness and prioritising, you know, 
like, so w- while not giving away their cultural advantage of players having a high degree of skill, they started to work on those other things from the ground up and then brought in the elite competitions at the top end of the of the sport in Japan to make sure that they were absolutely preparing those players for a World Cup. Like the whole thing is built around trying to get a better World Cup team, mm. um, you know, rather than just relying on, you know, having lots of athletic players that, you know, you can maybe kick a ball. Yeah. So it, it doesn't seem like, because like, I've been doing a little bit of women's football reading this week, it doesn't seem like there's a clear-cut favourite out of this group. Like... If England had gone out, yeah, but England are still there. England have survived their big scare. They have to get past uh, Linda Caicedo mm, influenced. How big a loss is the woman that's got uh, Laura James. two game suspension? Well, she's back for the final or the third place playoff or, you know, <laughs> their second game of qualifying for the uh, Olympics. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, bluntly, seeing how effectively she was squeezed out of that game, I'm not convinced that she. You know, she wasn't that impactful. Yeah. Yeah, okay. It might be a bit of Ewing theory, you reckon, for the England no, team. No, I think it's – I mean, she's 21 years old. She's a kid. She's yeah. She got completely taken out of the moment by – um. oh, fuck, I can't remember the girl's name. Michelle – yeah. The Nigerian defender <laughs> who plays for um, – Oh, yeah, yeah. It was apparently a, a, a really good a really good stick. She frigging works in, in healthcare – when she's not playing, like she volunteers her time to work in the fucking hospital, the children's hospital or something. It's like, fucking why? But I suppose you've got plenty of time when you're a woman's footballer because you're just not like you get paid as much as this, the, uh, the dudes do. I want to say a Kogi, but that's not right. That is a Nigerian surname, but it's not hers. Mm. Well, Cambridge might be a Nigerian surname soon. Alozi. <laughs> there we are. Um, yeah. Anyway, I am very much looking forward to experiencing... That tomorrow night. Well, yeah, we we're talking about that. So that's going to be a fairly squishy Suncorp Stadium, but uh, it, about as squishy as it gets, I would imagine. About as squishy as it gets. You know, what do you what do you get? Fifty k into that? Yeah. So I've been in Suncorp on a for a fifty k game, but it was like a Wallabies test. I feel like the vibe for this is going to be extremely different because I was going to say for better or worse, but it's generally for better. Women's sport attracts less fuckwits yes. than uh, than men's sport. Well, th- there'll be lots of lots of families and lots of well m- more women there, which is not a bad thing. I-, I was actually thinking it's going to be a vibe not too dissimilar to the Brisbane Strikers Grand Final in that there was this sort of exuberance of a lot of people that aren't diehard supporters of the sport. But yeah, bandwagoners really want a team. People like you r- really want a team to win. Yeah, that's me. I'm. That's that's true. I'm not going to deny. Japan did win the 2011 World Cup on penalties after extra time. Okay, 2011. I fact check myself. Um, but there's going to be like a, a fair degree of nervousness about you know because this isn't the Steve War cricket side. This is we, we just don't know. You know. No one knows whether they're going to. Just, just come out yeah. and dominate. It's also for yeah. Well, the French strategy is going to be to try and get that early goal. I mean, they've said as much. Yeah. Uh, their their male model coach, Verinard, who looks extremely <laughs> sex pesty. Um, if Pepe Le Pew was a man, that would he would be the, the French coach. He says, look, um, we're expecting it to be loud. He, they've been surprised by how quiet some of the, the grounds have been, despite how full they are, which is which is code for. 
you fucking ockers don't know how to support football. But they'll be trying to take the crowd out of it early. You and I are both fairly sceptical of the humour of the Batuta advocate, but they did... They did a very, very nice piece, Sorry, which was... Humor? Is, is that a satirical website? I just thought it was <laughs> a, a make-work St- campaign stra- for fucking university rejects, the people who couldn't couldn't make the cut for the chasers recruitment. Um, about Frontier Psychiatrist being, you know, the song that Australia had picked to be the crowd song that, that they sang, which is actually a little bit more accurate about Australian crowds than even I would like to admit, I think. Um, I mean, in New Zealand- We're not the most musical of nations, that's for sure. In New Zealand, they just use fucking Sandstorm because it's always 1998. Mm -hmm. But when that drops, you are throwing hands because it's Sandstorm. You you tell me you're not. Yeah, well, that's the thing, like- like the rugby leaned into Hey True Blue, and oh, oh, I can remember being in a I can remember I'd being in a test. That was the response to the Harker. <laughs> oh God, John was, Williamson, we, fucking strolling around with a fucking hat yeah, on, giving Hey True Blue. That's, that, that's get fuck off. That's not the worst thing about it. The worst thing is about it, it not? is how not is 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 thousands of. Fucking private school dudes standing up, hand on heart, singing it earnestly, like in it's their R. Like, Williams and their fucking oh, check shirts tucked into their, their jeans and their scarves <laughs> and their fucking spotless R. Williams boots. You wonder why rugby union is not supported in this country, in your country. <laughs> Uh, I actually, I actually said oh, it's a bit of a niche sport to a guy that played a lot of club rugby. Who's <laughs> a Kiwi? It is. So it is. Uh, but I, I probably said it a little bit too dismissively to a guy that you know played rugby from when he was four till when he was thirty. Yeah, but if he hasn't worked out that it's a fucking niche sport in in Australia, I don't know. I don't know what to fucking yeah. tell you. It's becoming a niche yeah. sport in New Zealand because you know the they don't they don't control the narrative in the, in the media the way they used to over here. Well, will it get saved by the by the women's side? Like no. there seems to be that that hardcore support for the women's team, isn't there? The women's rugby team. Yeah. No, because there's no other teams that are any good in world rugby. Women's yeah. rugby is not anywhere near on the same profile as they have enough trouble making their their men's World Cup relevant. Um, and I think it's hard to get the population to enjoy and care as much about women crashing violently into each other. As, as they are a game that it doesn't rely quite as much on violence like soccer. It's a harder sell yeah. to get that popular support with the with NRLW or women's rugby or I mean the AFLW is probably in a slightly better easy position because most people are you know the, the general population is a little bit sexist in that and a little bit misogynist in that in that they want to see or they're more inclined to want to see women doing graceful balletic things than violent things. Mm. And maybe that's a generational um, thing; it'll go away. But the the crickets, the t- the women's T twenties also killing it. it. It was interesting seeing the you know the diamonds won, uh, won the netball, a World Cup, despite the fact that and- they'd gotten rid of all their fossil fuel sponsors and mm. and a lot of L's being taken on the wrong side of the culture wars this week with the. the- <laughs> With the Matildas winning and the, the Diamonds winning. Of course, it doesn't really matter the peep to those sort of people because they just move on to the next thing. Keep on going, yeah. Because it's a grift um, and you've you got to keep feeding the, feeding the fucking meter in order for the grift to continue. But it, it, it seems like netball had a really good window to be the most popular professional women's sport in Australia. And they fucked it. 
they fucked it. They fucked it with that. Let's let's bust up the Trans Tasman thing because that 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 had some stuff going for it. It was stumbling a little bit in COVID, but mm. it was the, the unique selling proposition that they had that other sports didn't yeah. have, and they fucked it. Yep. Well, and when they're doing things like telling Lizellas that she's not qualified enough to be on the board of Netball Australia, it's like, well, right. well, hang on. I don't. What do they want on their board? Do they want people with MBAs and you know captains of industry well, and that kind of shit? Or do the they thing want people is, who play? Is, but, is it is it a business board or a sports board? But that's the thing. Ella Ellis is is that person, right? She's done heaps of. Um, corporate stuff because she got into the corporate stuff because she was a name, but she's worked her ass off and is actually a, a good functioning corporate citizen, I guess, you know, a professional board member. Like, that's what she does. Yeah, but if you were on that board, you wouldn't want somebody on that board with a big name, would you? I, I guess so, so but, what? like, if you're walking into a, a sponsorship meeting, though, w- would you want Liz Ellis there or would you want some random board member? Yeah, you don't send the board- yeah. You send the fucking oh, CEO. You, you don't send board members. Yeah. Hire as the CEO. Yeah, I don't know. Hire as, as the fucking general manager. Yeah, the face of the face. Of, yeah, yeah, you don't yeah. hire as the put her on the fucking board because the board. No one. The board is just a bunch of boring cunts who sit around to ratify decisions made by other people. And that doesn't matter yeah, what ideally what it is. That they should be completely unknown. Essentially, yes. And it was like remember when that the, those dueling cricket books that we reviewed. Post sandpaper picked apart the people who are actually on the board of Cricket Australia, and then it explained. Oh, actually, one of the reasons that that uh, you know such as you know such and such media company got this particular media deal was because such and such on the board's history had been working with that media company and things like that. Now yeah. that that's that's nefarious and dodgy. But prior to that, we hadn't actually even fucking known who was on the board. That's kind of how it should work for a lot of boards because they're not there to actually do anything other than. You know, ratify decisions and set and do guidance. They're not meant to be, you know, the they're not the people who are actually in charge. It's not like the board is made up of the chief financial officer, the chief operations officer, the chief marketing officer, and that's not that's not meant to be, not really how it's supposed to work. Yeah. Anyway, I'm hoping to have. Well, no, I'm hoping the boys have a really good experience. I am a little bit worried that it's going to be loud. Yeah. Uh, but look. It, I think the the adrenaline will if be. If all else fails, even if they lose, they'll play the Brisbane Lions club song. So there's that. <laughs> well, I did like the Adelaide coach when he was like, because the Lions are playing at the same time at the Gabba, which I guess you know they probably thought that they would be up against a non-Australian game. No, the AFL love a bit of code wars. They just they adore yeah. it. It's their favourite thing. But the Adelaide coach was asked about it, and he's like, mate. If I didn't have to be here, I'd be watching that game as well. <laughs> He's like, I hope we don't get a big crowd. I hope they're all over yeah. at the football, which I just think is like I'm sure his masters at, at headquarters would not be pleased with that answer. But, you know, sometimes you just got to be. Well, to get well to be fair and, and to give the AFL credit for actually reali- you know knowing the game was up, they haven't scheduled any games on at the same time at the MCG. And at the MCG, they're going to put the Matildas game on the big screen. So mm. they're aware of what's going on here. Yeah. Just just a couple of um little numbers I saw this week which I thought was interesting. They they started the tournament wanting 1.3 million spectators for the tournament. Yeah. They revised it after the like after the first round of games to 1.5 and they'd hit 1.7 
going into the quarterfinals. You know, yeah. so they'll which is good because there, there are fewer games it. now. I mean, they'll all hopefully sell out, but yeah. the, there's fewer games left. There's only what quarterfinals. You've got four, two, and two left. So you know, most yeah. of the games have been played at this stage. Uh, and of course, there's a stat that's been repeated a hell of a lot, which is that that um, that last Matilda's game outrated every male-dominated sporting event that's ever been on television, <laughs> or at least the well, last like- AFL grand final, the last NRL grand final, any yeah. individual state of origin, oh, and good. I can't imagine what would happen if they make the finals. Like, that will just raid its ass off. Because yeah. they're in this beautiful place, aren't they? Like but I said- no, 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 no. That can't be allowed to happen. Think of how what a bad time zone it'll be for the Americans. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, large run-up um, for that one, as you were. Um like it's, I find it quite weird it, to be able to be patriotic and not feel guilty about it. Yeah, I wasn't in. I wasn't in the country for the 2015 Asia Asian Cup that the the Socceroos yeah. had a run at, but I was able to watch. You know, watch the odd game on the on a dodgy stream and and follow along on Twitter and stuff like that. And that was actually really because lo- it was the first time the Australian football team for an extremely long time I could remember being in contention to win something. I mean, one of my first National team following experiences was the the young Socceroos at the ninety two Olympics, which they made the semifinals of. They got beaten by an extremely good Spanish side that had a whole lot of dudes who went on to win lots of shit with Barcelona and Real Madrid. But it's been a long time, been a long time, been a long time, as Led Zeppelin ones put mm. it very, very um, scientifically. All right, Doc. Well, shall I come back and talk some music with you? We should do that. Now, good luck to the uh, good luck to the Tillies. What will probably be tonight once this posts? Uh, we won't know the result mm-hmm. of Japan, Sweden, but for the sake of this, Spain are through. For the, yeah, Spain, Spain were through. They didn't quite do quite the same levels of violence on the on the Dutch as they did to the Swedes, but they they looked good and they played better and they they should have won. Um, and then the English have to play Colombia later on Saturday night. And then, um, and then we see what happens next week. Sounds good. But All right. until then, uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Good night to you. Catch on the flip side, Doc. Cheers. Gary has absolutely no idea what has happened to it. Still doesn't know. All right, I'm going to put a shirt on <laughs> and get another drink. <laughs> That's the most bizo line in history. Unless you didn't say you're going to put your pants what? on. The sun's gone down. It's a little bit cool. Yeah. I am, I, am, I am wearing pants. That was the, this podcast passes the reverse Bechdel test. That was two dudes talking about women's oh. sport for, for, you know, half an hour. Well, what, what were we going to talk about? Fucking Anthony Davis's extension? Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. There's not much NBA stuff to talk yeah, about. Yeah, there isn't. All the dudes getting into the fucking uh, Hall of Fame. How salty Paul Pierce still is about the fact that Dwayne Wade was better than him and won more things than him. <laughs> you know what we didn't talk about? Uh, A certain GM, fucking uh, Bob Myers, is going to be on the NBA countdown desk. Or yeah, there was whispers year, of that. Next season. Yeah. That would act- he's going to be good at that. Yeah. And he's going to be better than Jalen Rose and fucking Mike Wilbon and all those other cunts they've had on there. Mm. Oh, the only the other thing we didn't talk about is how they've um, corporatized a betting agency that's going to be ESPN yeah, that's Bet, which is the only thing uh, that's good about that is that it's disfranchised fucking Barstool. Barstool. 
They can have their own little. They can have their brand back, but they can be piss ant fucking redneck dickheads over in the corner, and nobody cares, and they don't have any money. So that's all right. Um, yeah. But that was always going to happen. I don't look. Yeah. It's going to make the yeah. the concerns about Shams or was it Shams or whoever it was no, who was the ability to look, ESPN Shams is. I know, but, but there was some suggestion that Shams because he was connected with a fucking market and then he was able to tweet and affect the market. That's going to be enormous now. But it, but the Americans are new to all this sort of stuff. It's been happening in. You look at what happens in Australia or the UK. It happens every fucking day. Yeah. Did you hear no dunks this week? They're like, we've got this new segment, Shams Slop. <laughs> he just slops <laughs> yes. out the muck for us, for us to, yes. to grovel on in the dirt for content in these months of August. I'm like, <laughs> yes. I don't know whether he's really going to be keen on that uh, tagline. Well, that thing is that, Shams well, Slop. <laughs> well, no, to be fair, they were doing the whole, this is the slop of the off-season for quite a while. Yeah. So maybe they'll have to explain to Shams. But then again, I mean, that's that's athletic on, on athletic crime, so I don't know whether that'll be well received, but, you know. Yeah, I, I we'll think what they were trying out. to do was, was like, you know, promote the fact that Shams was still out there working, but <laughs> it didn't mm. come across that way. No, it came guys, across that we just fucking making up shit, yeah. Those guys do not give a fuck. They're quite well, happy. They've been in the game a lot. Longer than I mean, Shams was Shams was in primary school when they started. So fucking, yeah. you know, whatever. It's it's going to clip Woj's wings though, which will be interesting because Woj doesn't like not being a newsbreaker. He's ruined other people's careers for 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 less. So yeah, uh, fuck him. Yeah, although Woj is Woj is socially not a like politically not a bad dude. Like he tends to be about the right things. He just seems to be a bit of a cunt in his workspace. I think so, he's just anyway. got that no filter, right? He's just like. The work is the work, and if you get them, you know, if I offend you by doing my work, then I'm sorry, but I'm doing but no, the work. But, but it's also he wants credit for it, you know, in yeah. a way that you know he'll take it off other people who have actually done all the work. Yeah, um, which is what, which is why Sh- Shams left in the first place, right? Well, no, Shams. I don't think Shams was ever there, was he? I thought he was. He was a bit more like. Um, yeah, no, no. He he was he was Woj's pro- protege. He he worked for. Oh Woj yeah, but I, but they were both at they were both at Yahoo at that stage. I think weren't they? Because he yeah. left before. But um, it's a bit more like that guy who that Italian lad um, Fabrizio Fabrizio Romano, who's kind of become the Shams of European football, and he's not really allied to any like media organization. He's almost like a freelancer. He just he just happens. He, he was breaking it all on Twitter, uh, and he's he's formed alliances and he's set up his own podcast and stuff like that. But he, it's been much more organic in that he's just he's just made connections and and the media organisations have come to him. Um, that killed a conversation. Let's get out of here. All right, I'll be back and get a wine. Top. <laughs> 